0: You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. I titled this today, A Question Can I Do It? Can I Do It? It's a question that I've been asking myself recently. Paul talks about in his writings over and over, we can see where he talks about and encourages us to run a race. If you've read any of Paul's writings, you've seen him reference running a race. He talks about it himself when he talks about Timothy, that he says he's run the race as best as he can. He's done it, and he's ready to offer of himself. He knows that his time was at hand while he was in jail. Can I do it? And asking myself, can I finish the race that Paul has been talking about here on earth? Can I finish the race strong like Paul told us to finish? As a pastor, as someone who's been in ministry for over a decade now, can I finish ministry strong? It seems like now in this social media age, in this internet age... We get to hear about all the shortcomings of every pastor in every part of the world. And now with all of these streaming services, it seems like there's been an increase in us doing documentaries on why these churches failed. Why these pastors failed. Why all of these things have fallen apart to try and show us that the church is dead, the church is dying. I don't believe that, but it's what the media has tried to portray, what social media, we want to point out all the flaws. Can I finish ministry strong? Can I have with my family, can I keep my family together? Can I finish my walk with God here on earth, whether I'm in ministry or not. The questions, if I'm being honest, that I've been asking internally behind the scenes can I do it? For you all who've been coming for a long time, I've told you all before that, that I've been meeting with a therapist. Every time we get done with a session, I expect her to say, Good job, you're done. There's nothing else that you need help with. But it seems like she always gets to that hour mark. And she says, well, that was a good session. Seems like there's some more stuff we need to work on. I said, how convenient for you. I've been in therapy for about two years now, and it's honestly changed my life. It's, it's, it's helped me in my own personal life, in my own personal thoughts, and it's helped me in my marriage, and it's helped me with the church, and, and helped me in a lot of things. And it's something that I was talking with my therapist about uh, earlier this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever we talked. Can I do it? You see, there's a, a want inside of me. I I, I want to finish strong. I would think you being in church today is a sign that you want to finish strong. You want to hear what we believe God's going to tell us when we get to heaven. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, right? Enter into the land of rest, the promised land. We want God to be proud of us. We want our family to be proud of us. I want to do it, but how? How can I do it? How can you, how can we finish this thing strong? How can I be a Christian success story for my family, for my children, for the church, so that people would believe that this Christian walk is worth it? that this Christian walk is worth it. I want people to see my life and see my family's life and see this church and see that Christ is something that I can't live without. That I can't live without. I can live without a lot of things on this earth. Flipping through Netflix or Hulu, or Disney, or YouTube, or YouTube TV, I didn't realize how many movies that were made throughout the time that I just can live without. Probably you, like me, when you sit down to eat lunch or dinner and you're by yourself and and you pull up Netflix, you pull up Hulu, halfway through the meal, you're still scrolling through all of this garbage of things that I can live without, things I don't care about seeing. But outside of ministry, as Jeremiah Land, a Christian, I want to be a representation to my family and to my children specifically as they're growing and going into this next generation, that they learn that they can't live without Jesus. Can't live without his presence. They can't live without hearing his voice. August 27th, which is today, but we're going to go back in time. August 27th, 1990, is the day that little old Jeremiah Land, we talked about this a little bit last week, said yes to Jesus. Three, on the day before I turned four, was laying in bed with mom, and we were doing our nightly prayers. And we were praying for the salvation of our family. And as we got done praying, I asked my mom what salvation was. Why are we praying for the salvation of our family members? I was very theologically smart at three years old. And then I asked my mom, well, if we're praying for the salvation of our family, am I saved? So hold on a second, Mom. That's great that we're praying for them, but what about me? Why, would, why aren't you involving me in this conversation? And so me and Mom had a discussion, August twenty seventh, 1990. And at that point, I asked Jesus into my life. And the journey began. The journey wasn't perfect. There were ups and downs. There were good. There was bad There was ugly. I ran from God, got mad at God, but I also had encounters with God. I got spirit-filled on a Wednesday night service at 10 years old. I got water baptized when I just graduated high school at like 18. I remember going to youth camps and having encounters with God and hearing His voice I remember in August 2008 when I graduated college, probably the one time up to this point, I believe that I almost, if not did, hear the audible voice of God calling me into ministry, going to Bible school, being in ministry, going through all of these things of growing in Christ And now, being in ministry and pastoring and doing all those things, and and seeing the ebbs and flows of ministry, seeing these different pastors and these different churches rise and fall, I take a step back and I ask God, Can I do it? Can I succeed to the end? Can I trust you to the end? Can I not become jaded? Can I not fall into hidden sin? Can I not burn the church down? Can I not destroy my family? There has to be a way with God's help to help me finish strong and to help you finish strong. And I want to encourage you today. We're going to look at the last scripture of the last letter that Peter writes. And we know Peter. Peter is the apostle that always seems to get tongue-tied when he's in the middle of Jesus doing something. Think about this. Your life in your walk with God has been the same as mine. Good, bad, and ugly. You've had good days. You've had bad days. We've had ugly days. We've raised our fist at God and said, what are you doing? What's going on? But Peter's life in his journey with God is on full display in the Bible. What about that? What if, what if in a 100 years... There's another Bible, and just your portion of life is added after Revelations. And for the rest of humanity, we get to read about your life, your good, your bad, your ugly. I'd be tearing those pages out, every every, every store I'd go. Well, let's rip that out, too. Let's, rip out, let's leave that part. That was a good part. But let's, let's rip out chapter 6 through 13. Peter... He goes through all these things, and he writes these letters, First and 2 Peter. But we know that Peter finished strong, right? Because we know that Peter died on a cross, not an upstanding cross, but Peter, being a little bit extra always, says, I don't want to die the same way my Savior died. Flip that sucker upside down. I mean, that's got to be even worse. Have you hung off your bed upside down? Not only are you dying, but now you're upside down. I want to die upside down. I don't want to die the same way that my Savior did. And the only reason that he died on the cross was not because he murdered someone, not because he stole, not because he committed tax fraud, not because he did any of these things. He wasn't a serial killer. He was killed because he loved Jesus too much. It's a pretty strong way to go. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. The last words, the last writings, the last thing that Peter penned. I don't know how soon it was from him writing this last portion of his letter to him dying on the cross. But the last thing he wrote to encourage the people that he was writing to, not even knowing that this was going to become scripture, wasn't like Jesus showed up to Peter and said, hey, could you write one, I don't know, maybe two letters and then mail them off and then in a couple of years we'll gather those back up and we'll put them in a collection of books together. No, no, he's just writing from his heart, from the love that he has for God and he's writing them To these people, and the very last thing that he writes that comes out of his spirit is to encourage us, but grow. Don't stay where you are, doesn't matter how long you've been there, but grow. And the Bible then tells us the answer: well, what am I supposed to grow in? Working out, eating more red meat, taking more pills, running a marathon reading more books, going to school, getting more degrees. The Bible is not trying to hide anything from you. The Bible is trying to get you as much answers to help you on your journey with God. But grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. That word grow in the original text is Oksana. I don't know if you remember back in the 80s or 90s, there was like a Russian-Ukraine figure skater, Oksana Bayul. That's how I remember. Grow, Oksana. I I attach all my Latin words to Russian figure skaters. But the word is Oksana, A U X A N O, Oksana. It means to cause to grow, it means to increase, it means to become greater. How can I grow in Jesus? How can I increase? It's Jesus. How can I become greater? It's Jesus. There's a scripture that Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. Look at this. That we should no longer be children. He's telling us right there. Hey, grow. Grow up in the real world and also grow up spiritually. That we should no longer be children. Look at this. Tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine. Look at this, the way that he alliterates this section right here. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Goodness, Paul, he's (laughs) taken that knife in and he's obviously really ticked off as he's writing to the church of Ephesus that there have been some people who have shown up to this church who have brought Some trickery. And how did they bring trickery in? Is they've brought in some doctrine that doesn't line up with the scriptures. That now, in this time frame, in 2023, we have the most access. Right now, since I've started this church and started pastoring this church, you can go back and listen to every sermon, which I know you have. I know you will. The whole collection of everything that I've preached for five years we have saved on the website. And you can go in there and you could probably snip and clip and pull off some things that I've said and make it look like I am the worst pastor or preacher ever because of the way. Now we can go on social media, and we have everybody who can get a check by their name, who is telling us when Jesus is coming back, what revelation really means and who the aliens really are. If that's what you go on social media, that is what is, is being thrown up on social media when it comes to Christianity right now. Are aliens real? When's Jesus coming back, and who's the Antichrist? Those are the most popular things that are out there. and It says here, it's time for us to grow up. But grow in the grace and knowledge. Who cares about aliens when your marriage is failing? Who cares about aliens when your health is failing? Who cares about these things when God wants to work on you? God wants to put his hand on you. God wants to encourage you. God wants to build you up. God wants you to change your life. It's not to be carried away by every new doctrine, every new book that's dropped. In the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Some good writing, Paul. Verse 15, but look at this. But speaking the truth in love, look what happens. May grow up in a few things. No, 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 that you can grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Now more than ever, Jesus came and he came and he brought grace and truth. So many pastors are doing one of those two. We want to speak the truth, but we don't do it in love. Sometimes when we speak in love, we sugarcoat the truth. The Bible does it so beautiful. He just tells us, grow up, quit being children, quit being tossed by every doctrine that everybody's saying and preaching, but also speak the truth in love. Grow up in all things in him who is the head. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, look at this. And Jesus increased, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, And in favor with God and with man. If Jesus had to grow up, then we're in good company knowing that I've got to grow up too. How am I going to finish this race strong? I'm going to have to grow in Jesus. I'm going to have to learn some things from Him and His Spirit and through our Father. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature In favor, you're in good company when you make the decision to grow in your relationship with God. You see, I want to grow. We all, in some capacity, I hope, being in church today, are saying, I want to grow in Jesus. I don't want to be the same person that I was in January 2023. I want to have some things drop off of me. I want God to add some things into me as I am growing this year. I want to grow. And like that word grow means, I want to become greater, but I can't do it on my own. How can I become greater? It says to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. I want to grow. I want to increase. I want to become greater, but I don't know how to do it. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, we get our answer. You are of God little children, and have overcome them. How? How can I overcome them? How can I grow? How can I become greater? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, so many times we look at that scripture and we attach the in part to just being the devil, right? Greater is he that's in me than the devil that's in the world. That's normally. But you know what? I'm also in the world. So that means that Jesus is even greater than me and he's greater than my emotions and he's greater than my thoughts and he's greater than the things that I'm dealing with. He's greater than that and he's in me which helps me become greater. So many times we attach it on that dumb devil, yes, but it's also a blessing that he's greater than me. But the great one also lives inside of me and he's calling me up higher. Higher. You see, in the flesh, we're all growing. You can't stop growing. Tomorrow, I turn 37. In three more years, I'll be 40. In two weeks or one week, my father-in-law turns 70. Right? 70? Is that right? I knew it was a big one. 7-0. But we can't stop growing. Everybody's trying to. We're trying to figure it out, but you can't stop growing. Don't they say that it's your earlobes and your nose that never stop growing? Just keeps growing and growing and growing. Can't stop it. Growing's happening. I'm getting older. The other day, me and Maddie were on the sofa and we were watching something. And we were, I was trying to snuggle with her because I always am. She was trying to push me away like she always does. And as, <laughs> I see you spouses being, I know which one's the cuddler. and I know which one is pushing the other one away. And I feel for you. Cuddle with it just once, please. And as she was pushing me away, I moved. And my whole hip right here popped very loudly. And she said, what is that? I said, I don't don't know, I don't know. She said, did your whole hip just break? I said, I think so, because you rejected me. My body is broken because, but we're growing and we're creaking and we're, we're breaking and we're breaking down. We can't stop growing. The same is true spiritually. You are growing, but it depends on what you're feeding yourself. If I just eat sugar all day, every day, I'm growing, but I'm growing this way. I'm not growing healthier. But if I'm eating fruits and vegetables and I'm drinking water, for God's sake, just drink a cup of water this week. Just, I'm asking each and every one of you, make it a choice. I'm going to drink more water starting this week. But Thank you. Look at that. Obedience. (laughs) You win the gold star of the church today. That I'm always growing, and what I'm eating is helping me grow. If I'm eating a bunch of junk, it's not helping me, but I'm still growing. But if I eat healthy, I'm growing. You are what you eat, and I hope that you're devouring the Word of God. I hope that you're not devouring just social media and news and all the garbage of your family and everybody just vomiting on you over and over and over again. That's all the news and social media is. But that you hear the word of God. You renew yourself and wash yourself with the word of God. You're growing spiritually whether you want to admit it or not. You're feeding your spirit man with what is consuming your life. What you do on a day-to-day basis is determining how you're growing. In this scripture, Paul encourages us, but grow. Just keep growing And if you want to grow successfully, if you want to finish this race strong, then grow in the grace and grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. In Romans chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, Paul writes, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But look at this, where sin abounded, grace grew and abounded so much more, and look at verse 21, so that... As sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This just said that grace is eternal. Sin abounding, grace abounding more. Grace is always growing and grace is growing not just on a world level, but eternally. So Peter tells us, but grow in grace. So if I'm going to grow in anything, I want to grow in something that is growing, not only on this life, but growing eternally. Grace is growing and growing and growing and growing. And when I get to heaven, there's going to be more grace. And Jesus is going to reveal more grace to us. If I'm going to grow in anything, I want to grow in something that is growing eternally. That word grace means goodwill Carice, I don't have a figure skater for that. Goodwill, loving kindness, favor. Goodwill, loving kindness, favor. And listen to this. Kindness bestowed upon someone for what they are not deserved. Praise God for that. Kindness, God's kindness that was bestowed upon you and bestowed upon me that we didn't deserve. He didn't have to do it, but he chose to do it. There wasn't a way for me to get to God until he became the way maker and made a way for me to get there. Kindness bestowed. Where sin abounded, goodwill abounded more. Where sin abounded, loving kindness abounded more. Where your sin abounded, God's favor abounded more. Where your sin Abounded, God's kindness was bestowed upon you, even though you didn't deserve it, and it abounded even more. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Paul is writing to his son in the faith, and he's telling Timothy, And the grace of our Lord, look at this, was exceedingly abundant, growing, increasing. Getting greater, getting better. The grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love. Not only is it grace, but it's also faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. And this is one of the most beautiful scriptures you'll ever read in verse 15. And it says, This is a faithful saying, and it's worthy of everyone to accept that Jesus Christ came into this world to what? To save sinners. And if we're like Paul, we agree with that. Of whom I'm chief. I know my sins. And I know if you knew my sins, you'd look at me differently. And if I knew your sins, I'd probably look at you differently. But Jesus shed his blood so that God could look at us differently without our sins. Praise God. It's a faithful saying. It's worthy of all to accept that Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And Jesus is still in the business of saving sinners. He's still in the business of saving us each and every day. Yes, I am saved. I got saved August 27th, 1990. But I need him to save me every day. It's not, I'm not asking him to save me so that I can may or may not get into heaven. I just need him to take care of me every day. To love on me every day. To give me his grace and mercy every day. And the last thing I have. Grow in the grace of Jesus and grow in the knowledge of Jesus. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. A Prayer that I have all the time that I may know him. The knowledge of Jesus Christ. The knowledge of it. And I pray like Paul wrote right here. That I may know him. I don't want to know him like my pastors know him. I don't want to know him like my spouse knows him. I don't want to know him like my church or my grandparents or my parents know him. I want to know him personally. I want to have a personal relationship with him. I want to hear his voice. Not only hear his voice, but I want to know his voice. I want to know that it's him talking to me. I want to experience him in the private times when it's just me and him And I'm driving to Aiken and there's nobody else in the car. And it's just me. The radio's off. And it's just me and him talking. Me and him just singing. Me and him worshiping, hanging out. When I lay down at night, when I'm working on a sermon late at night, that I know him, that I have an encounter with him, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Paul writes again in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. It's the last letter that he writes to his son in the faith, the last letter that Paul writes. And he says, But you must, talking to Timothy, but also talking to you and me as well, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Which, once again, it's so important, it's so vital that we understand who we're learning the Bible from. Hopefully by now, after five years of pastoring you and being a part of this church, you trust me and know that I'm studying the Scriptures and I'm bringing the Word of God to you, the fresh bread and manna of God from from what I believe God is speaking to me to bringing to you every week, studying the Scriptures, putting them to the test talking with other pastors to validate that whatever I'm preaching is not wrong, is not this crazy doctrine of, of that can blow you astray, but that can bring you down the straight and narrow, that can help you, that can increase you. But not everyone does that. Not every church does that. Not every person that can get on Facebook and, and just preach a message. I should say that we are on Facebook right now, and I am preaching a message on Facebook right now. <laughs> But not everyone that can just get a camera and just start reading from the scriptures is somebody that you should be learning from, somebody that you should be being taught from. Yesterday it was announced, one of the greatest people in Hollywood passed away at 99 years old, Bob Barker. Price is right. He was going to turn 100 this year, but he passed away before that. We all watch the Price is Right. And boy, Bob was so good. Explaining the rules of the game, explaining it to the people. And in the in the chaos of winning the first thing, one dollar, Bob. You won. Come on down. You're the next contestant on the price of right. And they run up on stage and they kiss Bob and they're jumping up and down and, and they see that new car and they're freaking out. And Bob was just right there talking to him. Well, today we're gonna play what was that game? Plinko, where they drop the chips. Do, 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 do. You've got to guess the price of a can of beans so you can win a car. How much is this bottle of shampoo? $2, Bob. And everybody's yelling and everybody's screaming. And there's Bob just teaching, quiet, reserved, cheering them on, encouraging them. And they look out in the crowd. And what number should go first, the five or the seven? And they're looking through the crowd and everybody's yelling, do a three, do a two, but there's a five, there's a seven. How do I pick? And they finally see... Their family. Their family's holding up five, 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 Bob. They win the car or the can of beans or whatever it is that they would win and they would celebrate. But it was always Bob who was right there, that even in the chaos, even in the noise, with everybody else yelling and screaming, he was delivering the truth. This is how you play the game. You can't steer away from the game. You can only stay here. You can do this. You can do that. You can win. You can overcome. And Paul tells us that you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from who you have learned them, growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is inside of you, and one of his names is the teacher. And it says in the scripture that he will teach you, he will lead you, and he will guide you to all truth. Grow in the knowledge of Jesus. It's important who you know, who have tried to teach you about the truth. There are so many churches, There's so many people, There's so many pastors that are talking, that are yelling, that are trying to teach people their truth, but not the truth. And the Holy Spirit inside of you will help you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, I'm almost done. Paul writes to the church of Col- Colossae, his prayer is that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Look at this, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and look, Growing, increasing, becoming greater in the knowledge of God. I could get up here and teach you the Word of God, teach you all the things that God has showed me, and I want to, and I will, and I'll pour that all out. But there's something different when God reveals something to you personally that changes your life a scripture that I could have preached time and time and time again. But when you read it in your personal time, in your private time, it comes alive to you because the Holy Spirit taught it to you and no one else did. Amen. That you grow in that. And without a shadow of a doubt, you believe that God heals. Without a shadow of a doubt, you believe that God saved, that God takes care of his people. That you can finish strong by growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Make the choice today that just like me, you're going to grow spiritually and specifically in Jesus. Whether you've been a Christian for a decade or you've still yet to make that decision, we can do that today. Just know that whatever we face in life, in Jesus on our side, we can do it. Remember as kids, well I guess not when y'all were kids, but when I was kids, Bob the Builder. Can we build it? Yes, we can. Can we fix it? Can we finish this race strong? Yes, we can. The last scripture I have, I'm landing the plane now, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12, 13, and 14. Not only is this why we are called what we are called, but it is a prayer, it is a part of my heart, it is a journey that I am on with God. Not that I've already attained, nor am I already perfect. You can ask my wife. But I press on. I keep growing. Why? Why am I pressing? Why am I growing? That I can lay a hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me. Verses 13 and 14, why we're called Press Church. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do forgetting, letting go, releasing those things of the past which are behind me, and reaching by faith forward to those things which are ahead of me. In our scripture, for this church. Verse 14, I press, I run toward the goal to finish strong for the prize of the upward call, not the downward call. I'm not going backwards. I'm not losing my ministry. I'm not losing my wife. I'm not losing my kids. I'm not losing my finances. It's the upward call. I'm growing in Jesus and I'm going to keep pressing forward until I see his face, whether it's in the clouds or whether it's in heaven I'm pressing toward that goal. Can I do it with his help? Yes, I can. Can you do it with your with his help? You can as well. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ our savior and our lord. Amen. Let's stand up as we get ready to go. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we can ask the hard questions. And that you give us loving answers. That we don't have to be scared. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to be intimidated by asking you the hard questions. God, it's my desire, whether I was on stage or not, whether I was leading a church or not, to finish this Christian walk strong. To finish my life here on earth. To open my eyes in heaven. To hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That I did everything that you asked me to do. I said everything that you asked me to do. I went everywhere that you asked me to go. And Father, I thank you that I'm surrounded with a group of people that are going to finish their faith walk strong as well. Father, I thank you that today, no matter where we are, no matter how much we've been a Christian, no matter how many years we've served you, even today we can still grow in your grace Because your grace is eternally growing. We can grow in your knowledge that we can continually dive into the depths of your knowledge and your word and receive more. Because it says, when we know the truth, then we'll be set free. So, Father, I thank you for freedom in these people's lives to no longer be children, but to start becoming adults in this Christian walk, to believe who you are, to believe what you said. And to believe you're going to do what you said in each and every one of our lives. Father, we're asking, can we do it? And Father, I thank you that you're answering it today. That we can with your help. With you sending Jesus to die for us. That if we believe that gospel message. That Christ died for my sins. He was buried in a tomb and rose again the third day. Then I can be saved. And when I'm saved, then you place your spirit inside of me. And greater are you that's in me than anything that even my flesh tries to do in this world. Father, I thank you that your spirit brings freedom. Your spirit brings gifts. Your spirit brings truth into my life and into these people's lives. So, Father, I thank you that these people are going to finish this race strong. They're going to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ. And this week, Father, call them up higher to the upward call of God. Bring them up higher. Let them press a little bit deeper. Read a read an extra scripture, pray an extra prayer, tell somebody that Jesus loves them, Father. They're gonna come up a little bit higher, the upward calling of you, and they can do it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you and pray scripture over them. They're the head and not the tail. They are healed by the stripes of Jesus, they have the mind of Christ and they are the salt and light of the earth. Everywhere they go, they diffuse the fragrance of knowledge. They are atmosphere and room changers when they step into it. When they step into work on Monday, when they step into their house, wherever they go, they are room changers because of who's inside of them. Now, Father, bless them, protect them, cause them to prosper in everything they do and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.